Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Father on our God, we come before you tonight and we just want to say thank you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for all that you are. We ask, O oh Lord, tonight in very simple faith that the love of God is shed abroad in each person's heart. We thank you for all that you have done, my Father. We thank you for who you are. We thank you that we are in the most advantageous position because of you. We pray, my Father, that your Holy Spirit tonight speaks through us so that as we teach your word, Father Almighty God, your name and your name alone is glorified. We pray, my Father, that your word does what you said it would do, that it will comfort, it will edify, it will exhort. Father Almighty God, we bring the word before you and we thank you for tonight. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Take absolute control tonight, my Father. We welcome everybody who is listening by podcast, especially. We really appreciate the fact that you've taken time out to be with us. And we ask the Lord to bless you specially. In Jesus' most holy name, amen. And amen. And so, ladies and gentlemen, it's great to be back. Welcome um, to tonight's Bible study. The pursuit of God without a doubt was one that we will remember forever. Um, the Lord really was kind to us. And we, I, I, I learned so much, so much. And so tonight, what we're going to look at, we're going to take our um, scripture reading from the book of Genesis chapter 18. Um, that's the book of Genesis chapter 18. And that's where we'll take our Bible reading from. And there's a reason for that. Um, there's a reason for that. One of the things we found out during the pursuit of God was how much one, we didn't know about the Lord, but also how much God said about himself. And so tonight we're going to look at just one aspect of that um, as we get back into the swing of things, and then we will hit a series starting from next week. But from today, we're just going to look at Genesis chapter 18. It's a chapter we've you may have read before it's a lovely one and i'm going to read from the king james version of the bible and you'll understand when we get to um our focus verse uh, what tonight is about and so we're going to just literally ladies and gentlemen let's go on a bible journey and let's under let's just let the lord just fill you tonight and may you be encouraged may you be encouraged and before we before we go on um i just the Holy Spirit just laid this on my heart. If there's anybody online who is believing God for physical healing, we join our faith together and we pause and we ask the Lord Jesus Christ that in his name and by his stripes, that he heals you, that healing comes to you. Whatsoever you may be going through, the Bible is very clear that by the stripes of Jesus Christ, we are healed. But more than that, we also realize that God is Jehovah Rapha. 
And he is the Lord, the covenant, the, the self-existent God that heals. And tonight we ask him to heal you before we start anything else. And we pray that God strengthens you and he encourages you as you go through. And that God pulls you through, pulls your loved ones through. May God be kind to you in all ways and in all things. May God give you resources. And so we pray specifically, it's just been laid on my heart, that let's do that first, even before we, we go on. And we'll probably do it at the end, but God will be kind. So I'm going to read from Genesis chapter 18, verse 1. Please read along if you have your Bible with you. And I do hope you do. I hope you have a notebook as well. And the Bible says the following. And the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre. This is Ab speaking of Abraham. And the Bible says, and he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. And the Bible says, and the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre. That means the Jehovah, God appears to Abraham. And let's go to verse two. And he lift up his eyes and looked and lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself toward the ground and said, my Lord, if now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away. I pray thee from thy servant. Let a little water, I pray you, be fetched and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will fetch a morsel of bread and comfort ye your hearts. After that, ye shall pass on. For therefore are ye come to your servant. And they said, so do as thou hast said. And Abraham hastened into the tent unto Sarah and said, make ready quickly three measures of fine meal, knead it and make cakes upon the hearth. And Abraham ran unto the herd and fetched a calf tender and good and gave it unto a young man and he hasted to dress it. And he took butter and milk and the calf which he had dressed and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree and they did eat. Verse nine. And they said unto him, where is Sarah, thy wife? And he said, behold, in the tent. And he said, and he said, this is the Lord. He said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah, thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door, which was behind him. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? Verse 13. And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh? Shall I of a surety bear a child? which am old, saying, shall I of a surety bear a child which am old? Verse 14, and this is our focus verse for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Verse 14 is our focus. I'll read verse 15 for, for clarity. Then Sarah denied, saying, I laugh not, for she was afraid. And he said, this is the Lord. Nay, but thou didst laugh. That means you did laugh. 
And the Bible says the story then goes on and we may speak about what happens next in a moment. But what I want you to realize, ladies and gentlemen, as we, as this, we look at this passage, this passage is important. And the reason it's important is because God came to find Abraham. It's something that means the Lord went out of his way to find Abraham. And when he does so, notice, he doesn't say anything when he arrived, but Abraham knows who he is because Abraham says something in verse three. And Abraham says, my Lord. And the reason he says, my Lord, that is the name of God that is translated Adonai, indicative of the fact that I have a relationship with you. I know who you are. And then Abraham goes into hospitality. And so, ladies and gentlemen, tonight, what we're looking at is verse 14. And we're looking at verse 14 for a very simple reason. And I will tell you why. During the pursuit of God, during the watches, which were absolutely amazing, and everybody who did one, God bless you especially, I had the opportunity to do two. And in one of the nights, the Lord opened up. All he said was, focus on one verse. And I focused on, we're going to look at that verse later. And I focused on that verse. And that verse spoke about his name. Ladies and gentlemen, as we come to the Bible tonight, what the Lord said in verse 14, I want you to hold on to. Because many times when we come out of a fast, when we come out of a time like we've just had, and it has been remarkable, many times the feeling is, oh, it's over. Now what do I do? Have my prayers been answered? Did it work? Did God come through? Ladies and gentlemen, tonight, as we want to look at a few things, I want you to realize that God has come through on your behalf. And he wraps this up in the conversation he has with Abraham up to verse 14. And so what we want to do, um, what we want to do first is let's break down verse 14. And verse 14 is great. And the Bible says the following. And so let's break it down into pieces so that we'll look at it in pieces and then we'll go on to a few other things. So we'll realize that trusting God, when you trust the Lord, you never come off the worse because God is faithful. And so let's break down verse 14. And so for those of you that don't know the story, Abraham is believing God. He's he has had no child. This is now about 24 years in. He's been married. The Lord has given him a promise. He's left his homeland. Um, he's following the Lord. He's has a great relationship with the Lord. And the Lord has given him many promises about having a child. But this is the turning point conversation. The Lord comes and the Lord says, according to the time of life, I'm going to come back. By the time I come back, that means now it's specific at the appointed time. By that time, 
you will have had a child. And my prayer, ladies and gentlemen, for all everybody online, may your appointed time come and may God cause to happen what he has promised you. But what we're going to look at is verse, so that basically catches you up. And so let's look at verse 14. Verse 14 is actually in, in sections. So the thing we want to look at is the first statement the Lord makes. And the Bible says, is anything too hard for the Lord? Now, interestingly, what you realize is this was written, ladies and gentlemen, in, in Hebrew. It was translated into English, and that's wonderful. And so let's break down what it actually says, and there's a reason for that. Um, the first thing we look at, um, just as we come to our, our declaration, which we will take at 7.14, um, the first thing we'll look at is, the Bible says the following. The Bible says, is anything. Now, that is very straightforward in English. But what it actually says is, is any word, saying, or matter. So what the Lord is saying is, is there a promise or is there something I have said? And so what he presents is my connection with you is what I have said. And he said, is there anything I have said? Anything that I have said. And so we'll pause now. We'll take our declaration and we'll come back. And the Bible. So let's take our declaration, ladies and gentlemen. I really pray you still do this. It's, it's, it's really powerful. Let's take it now. Oh, Lord, we are your people called by your name. We humble ourselves and we pray. We seek your face. We turn from our wicked ways. Hear from heaven, Lord. Forgive our sins and heal our land. In Jesus' name, we pray. And then we declare, we do this together, we declare our land is healed in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. And so ladies and gentlemen, we realize that what we're looking at is, and so let's go back to Genesis chapter 18, verse 14. And the Bible, the first thing the Bible says is, it says, is anything. Now, when the Bible says anything, it says any saying. Now think about it. God's relationship between you and I is based upon what he says or what he promises. And so, like I said, this is, um, this is why Bible study is fun. There are, various things that, there are various things that we can hold on to that we realize that our relationship with God is based upon what he says. And that is really important. So please turn in your Bibles to 2 Peter. We're only going to read 2 Peter 1, we're going to read verses one to four to buttress this point, and then we're going to move on. And so when the Bible says, is anything, the Bible is actually saying, is there any saying? Now, if we turn to Second Peter, and 
second peter one to four and i'll read it i'll stay in the king james version of the bible my and ladies and gentlemen um i'll stay in the kjv for now okay here we go and the bible says the following simon peter a servant and an apostle of jesus christ to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of god and our savior jesus christ grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of god and jesus our lord verse 3 says the following according as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us unto glory us to glory and virtue verse 4 whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious what promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust ladies and gentlemen what the bible is saying is through jesus christ god has given you a series of promises that allow you to literally function just like your father in heaven functions that means irrespective of the circumstances irrespective of the times because of what god has said that we can hold on to those promises ratified by the person of our lord and savior jesus christ so when we come to god in christ we can claim those promises and it will change our physical circumstances it will change the world around us the same way god changes the world around us when he speaks and so there's a just to give you an example of what i'm talking about let's pick a topical um subject because remember what is where we're going is anything that means is there any saying any matter or any word the Lord is saying that this is my focus on what I'm about to say. Turning your Bibles, please, ladies and gentlemen, and we'll just just to give you an example of one of those things, just to give you an example. Please turn in your Bibles to the book of Jeremiah. Chapter 17, and I'm going to look at verse seven to eight. Jeremiah 17, seven to eight, and I'll stay in the King James version of the Bible. And the Bible says the following. The Bible says, so this is one of the promises that God has given us that are yours to claim in Jesus Christ. And the Bible says the following, blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. Verse eight, for he shall be as a tree planted by the waters that spreadeth out her roots by the river and shall not see when heat cometh, but her leaf shall be green, and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. That means, ladies and gentlemen, if you and I trust in the Lord, the Lord says, irrespective of your circumstances, irrespective of the what happens with the Dow Jones, what happens on the stock exchange, what happens in, in the um, geopolitical circumstances of this country. The Lord says, 
once you trust in me, I will cause you to literally be fruitful in a season of drought. That means the drought will come and the drought will pass and you will flourish in that season. Now, this is a word. This is a promise. Irrespective of the seasons you're facing, God says, this is what I will do if you trust in me. And that's one of the things that we want to hold on to. And so when the Bible says, is there any word matter or saying that God is saying that this particular, this is what I'm saying, is anything. Then the Bible says the following, too hard. And so what I want you to realize, please keep this in mind. The Lord says, is there any saying? That means, is there any promise I've given you? Have I made any statements to you concerning your life that is too hard? When we say too hard, it means too distinguished. That means it's beyond the reach of the speaker. Too great, too difficult, too wonderful. Is it something too high, too marvelous, or too miraculous that God can't do it? And the Lord says, there's nothing. And this is what I want you to also realize. And so what the Lord is saying is when I give you a promise, irrespective of your circumstances, hold on to it. Not just hold on to the promise, but hold on to the person who gave you the promise. And then the Bible says, and I'll say the whole phrase together so we can bring it together and then we'll understand. Is there anything too hard? And then the Lord says the following. For the Lord, he speaks of himself and he uses his covenant name. And the name he uses for himself is Jehovah. Now, the reason I wanted you to keep this in mind, please hear me. The Lord says, is there anything too hard? Is there any saying, any promise, any matter that is too distinguished, too high, too marvelous, too miraculous, too great, too difficult, or too wonderful for Jehovah? And Jehovah, now this is one of the beautiful things that we found out during the pursuit of God. We focused on God alone. And one of the things we found out is his names mean so much. Jehovah, ladies and gentlemen, translated into English simply means the self-existent one, meaning God is God and he needs nothing else in heaven, on earth, anywhere in the universe to be God. He's self-existent. That means I am complete. If I say something, I can bring to pass whatever I say. That's why when God gives you his word, he says it will never come back to me void because it will always have the power to come to fulfillment. Now, this is really important, ladies and gentlemen. Why is it important? It's important because what the Lord was giving to Abraham and giving to you and I is an assurance that there's no promise I make, no matter your circumstances, that is too hard, too difficult, or beyond me. If I've said it, then that is exactly what I want to do. Now, ladies and gentlemen, 
This is really important. Why? This forms the foundation of how we relate to our father. We now come to God and say, God, we trust you because this is what you said. Now, let's also understand something about this situation. The Bible says Abraham was old. The Bible also says Sarah was old. And the Bible says she was menopausal. That means she had stopped having periods, to use a phrase. So the possibility of her having children in the physical had gone. Yet God said, uh, this time next year, you will have a son. And she thought, the circumstances don't agree with you. It looks like what you're saying is impossible. The Bible says God responds very clearly because Sarah laughs in that. Yeah, I if you look around, it was good, you know, but the time has passed. Lord, the miracle can't happen anymore. The circumstances don't say that they can. The Lord said, when I say something, irrespective of your circumstances, I, Jehovah, that means by my ability, because I am the self-existing one, I'll bring it to pass. And ladies and gentlemen, I really pray for anybody who's believing God for anything. That you realize tonight, and this is one of the things we're going to look at. You realize tonight that if God makes you a promise, he will keep it against all odds. Now, that stands true. But one of the things I found out during the pursuit of God is we play a part in bringing the promises to pass. And it became so clear during this particular pursuit of God, where we literally just worship God for 21 days straight. Worship. And so, ladies and gentlemen, what I want you to realize is what I've just said forms the foundation. That means when we come to God and he's given us a promise, the focus is not the circumstances or should not be the circumstances. Our focus should be who made the promise to us and what does he say about himself? And then we then relate to God in this particular season by focusing on that. And for the last 21 days, that's exactly what we do. And so ladies and gentlemen, we're going to run through a few things and we're going to look at basically how to wait on the Lord. It's one of those, I found out during pursuit of God, this is why, that's the foundation. So we've got a foundation now. So let's look at how this is done because God kept his word to Abraham. And so will he keep his word to you. And so what I want you to, to, to um, what I want to do first is come with me, please, ladies and gentlemen, to this scripture. Genesis 21, verses 1 to 2. Genesis 21, verses 1 to 2. This is what the Bible says. 
And the Bible says, and the Lord visited Sarah as he had said. And the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him. Ladies and gentlemen, if God makes you a promise, he is determined to bring it to pass because his name is involved. And so in between, so this is the miracle. There was the promise and this is the miracle. What happened in between? If we can work out what happened in between, then all of a sudden our waiting or literally holding on for God to do something will become easier. And my prayer is that whatever you're waiting for will become a reality. And so let's, ha let's have a look at what happened in between. Come with me, please, to Romans chapter 4. And I'm going to read from verse 16. Um, I'll read, yes, I'll, I'll read from actually 17. Romans 4, verse 17. Let me put that into the chat for you so you have a, a record. Romans 4, verse 17. And this is where we're going. The Bible says the following. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God. This is speaking about Abraham. Who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Verse 18. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. 19. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, and this is the key, giving glory to God, verse 21, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Pause for a moment. That means in between the time that God gave this particular promise to Abraham, because we realize if you look back at the be, um, beginning of Genesis chapter 17, Abraham was 99 when the Lord speaks to him. So this is when he's 100. So this is the specific year. In between that time and the time that his wife gives birth, Abraham does something. And the Bible refers to it as giving glory to God. Now that it does it seems like okay so how does that work what does what does that look like let's look at two scriptures so we can understand what it looks like because you're giving glory to god you are glorifying the lord 
you are what we've done for the last 21 days we've focused on the lord and we've celebrated him now let's look at two scriptures that make this actually a little bit clearer um please come with me to psalms 50 and i'm going to read from 14 to 17. famous verse the bible says offer unto god thanksgiving and pay thy vows unto the most high and call upon me in the day of trouble i will deliver thee and thou shalt glorify me now i'll read to verse 17 but unto the wicked god saith, what hast thou to do that's the wicked he's not speaking to you this is to, to the wicked but he, what he says to the wicked is instructive. See, the Bible says, but unto the wicked, God saith, what hast thou to do to declare my statute? One, and that thou should take my covenant in thy mouth? Two, seeing thou hatest instruction? Three, and castest my words behind thee? Four, if we read that, what the Lord is saying, those four things that he, the people he calls wicked do, if the righteous do the opposite, verses 14 and 15 will become a reality. And so this is what giving glory to God looks like. So let's look at those four things really quickly. The first thing is, he says, declare my statutes. Ladies and gentlemen, a promise has to be declared by you. Whatever you are believing God for, whatever God has said to you, make sure it becomes a part of your speech. Say it out loud. And there's a reason for that. Romans chapter 10, verse 17, the Bible says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so what the Lord says is, you declare God's statutes. Say what the promises say about you especially whenever you hit, let's say whenever you hear the news and they say, it's going to be difficult. We've got strikes. Things are going to be tough. We are going into a depression. Say what the Bible says about you, that because I trust in the Lord, because I am, I trust in the Lord, the Bible says I will be blessed, supernaturally enabled to do something others cannot do. The Bible says, my hope is in the Lord. So what I want you to do is you begin to say, my hope is in the Lord. I will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. My, I will spread out my roots like a river. That means I will always be sustained and I will not see when he cometh. That means this season will pass me by and I will be fine. My leaf will always be green. That means I will always be able to draw in life strength and vitality from God. I will not be careful in the year of drought. That means I will, my lifestyle will not reduce in such a way because we are going through a downturn. The Bible then says, neither shall I cease from yielding fruit. That which God wants me to do in this season even though it is a season of drought, then it will happen to me. And whenever you hear the news, say it again. Say some of it, say part of it, but say all of it. Keep going. The Bible says, declare the statutes of God. And that's the first thing God says you should do. The second thing he says, 
keep the covenant of the Lord in your mouth. And that's kind of wonderful. That means speak the promises of God, whatever God promised you, whatever he has agreed to say, I am the Lord God. So this is my current favorite one. And I'll, I'll um, this is this is my favorite one right now. Um, Proverbs chapter three. And Proverbs chapter three says the following, verse nine and 10. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. The Bible says, so shall thy barns be filled with plenty and your vats shall overflow with new wine. For the last maybe five or six months, I've been saying that over my life. Every time I hear a bad piece of news, I declare my barns will be filled with plenty and my vats will overflow with new wine because I have honored the Lord with my substance and I have honored him with the first fruits of my increase. And I say it. And what happens is what you say neutralizes what they're trying to get you to hear. And all of a sudden, the Bible says you begin to believe. That's how faith rises. The third thing the Lord says you should do is love instruction. That means if God gives you an instruction, carry it out. That means if God says be kind, be kind. If God says pray, daily pray. Now, this is one of the things that, that I found over that. And during the pursuit of God, it went to another level. The Lord's Prayer. Absolutely wonderful. When Jesus says pray like this, he means pray like this so love instruction so if jesus says this is how i pray then at least one time during your 24-hour period preferably in the morning when you're starting your day say the lord's prayer and the beautiful thing about it is there are things in the lord's prayer that you will have no idea of until you start saying it every day follow god's instructions and so i've been saying the lord's prayer and it's been like a pandora's box things I never realized. One, I'll give you a couple. You, for Hopefully you know the Lord's Prayer, and I'll say it. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Say it every day. What have I found out in the last few months? The first thing is this. You and I are in the most advantageous position on the planet. Why? God's our father. That means the person who created the universe is your father. You didn't choose him. He chose you. He created you. That means you have a beginning, a middle, and an end. He's watching over you. He's sustaining you. He has made all his resources available to you. He saved you. He's redeemed you. This is just in the first statement. Follow the instructions of the Lord. The second thing I found out, and this is what I never realized about the Lord's Prayer, and this is how Jesus prayed. Remember this. This is how Jesus prayed while he was on earth. The Lord's Prayer never focuses on I. The Lord's Prayer focuses on plural throughout. He says, 
our father. That means mine and yours. The Lord, that means I'm in this and I'm in this with them forever. But then he also says, after he speaks to God directly, notice, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Meaning, every time you say the Lord's Prayer, you are not just praying for you. You are praying for every other believer on the planet. That means, that means, ladies and gentlemen, and you'll find the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6, reading from verses 8 to 13. Matthew 6, 8 to 13, and Luke 11, 1 to 13. You realize, ladies and gentlemen, please keep this in mind. When you're praying the Lord's Prayer, you're not just praying for yourself. You're praying for every other believer on the face of the earth. What's the key? Follow the instructions of God. If God says to do something, do something, love instruction. That means follow his instructions. So let's go to the fourth one and then we'll move on. Keep the Lord's word. Keep the Lord's words in your mouth. Um, keep the Lord's words in front of you. The Bible says, do not let them depart from your eyes. And so what I want you to hold on to, ladies and gentlemen, is as follows. Okay. Come with me to Proverbs 4, reading from 20 to 23. Proverbs 4, 20 to 23. So the Lord says, keep my words in front of you. The Bible says the following. My son, attend to my words. That means pay attention. Incline thine ear unto my saying. Submit to them. Let them not depart from thine eyes and keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Verse 23. Keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. How do you keep God's word before your eyes? Joshua 1.8. This book of the law should not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night so that you may be able to observe, to do according to all that is written therein. The Bible then says, then you shall make your way prosperous and you shall have good success. Those four things the Lord says are the prerequisite for you coming to God and offering him the sacrifice of thanksgiving. And then the Bible says, pay your vows. That means you will literally, when you offer the Lord the sacrifice of thanksgiving, which we're going to talk about in the next two minutes, when you do that, it governs your actions. That's how you pay your vows. That's how you obey God. That's how it becomes possible for you and I to walk with him. And then the Bible says, call upon me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you and you in turn shall honor and glorify me. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not as mysterious as we thought. 
And so let's go on to the crux of tonight. And it's this. So how do I offer to God the sacrifice of praise? How do I wait on the Lord? How do I give glory to the Lord? Three scriptures, and then I'll tell you a story. I, I, I will get there. First scripture, please turn in your Bible. Please turn in your Bible to the book of Hebrews. Chapter 13, verse 15. Hebrews 13, verse 15. Now, this is the scripture that became part of my second watch, the one that I did at midnight, and it was great. The Bible says, by him, therefore, that's Jesus Christ, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually that is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name so ladies and gentlemen where the bible says in psalm 50 offer unto god the sacrifice or the, the offer unto god thanksgiving in the amplified it says the sacrifice of thanksgiving what are you doing you are giving thanks to god for his name now it's a very interesting thing because god's name to you and i is what we rely on and he says i will maintain it so when you are giving thanks to his name you begin to thank him for all the things that he has done and all the things that he is this is what abraham was doing he was thanking god for the he was thanking god for the fact that you are my shield and you are my exceeding great reward he focused on all the things that god has done he said you said you would do this and look you've done it look at who i am now look at what you've done in my life thank you because you have been my shield and my exceeding great reward thank you because you are jehovah the self-existent one. Thank you because you are the Lord God who is merciful. He was thanking God. Now, when we say thanking God, you begin to appreciate. When you thank somebody for something, it means they've done something special. When you give thanks to the name of the Lord, this is what I realized. You thank him because he did not have to do all that he has done. And this is the beautiful thing about God. When you focus on his name, you realize God has done for you and I more than we can imagine. And so we begin to thank him for being Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God, our provider, the Lord God who shall provide. We thank him because that Lord We've seen it previously. We thank you for that friend that sat next to me in school. Thank you for that lady on the bus that encouraged me. Thank you for the fact that you have put me in a or in, in an office where somebody cares about my career. Thank you for the fact that, Lord, you've provided, um, you've provided friends, you've provided spouses, you've provided children. You begin to realize that the Lord God has provided more than you and I can imagine.
and we begin to thank him for it. The Bible says, as you begin to acknowledge that it's called a sacrifice, you begin to offer it. And the Bible says it is a sacrifice that God is pleased with. And all of a sudden you begin to walk around in an environment, not focusing on what is not done, but you begin to celebrate the fact that God has done more than you and I can imagine. I never understood how that worked. So for the whole hour that night, I was just thanking God for his different names. And I began to realize, my goodness, you've done so much more for me than I can imagine, more than my requests ever could. And one of the things that really touched me was think about it this way. When you're thanking God, the Lord God, when you think of God as the architect and the planner of our lives, whereby the Bible says he is Adonai, he's the Lord God, our master. He is the God who is present in our past, our present, our future. Think about it, that Lord, you have been better to me than I could have ever been, even if I asked you to. And that means if you gave me the opportunity to ask you that just say anything, lay it out, I could not have asked you to be as good as you are. I could not have asked you to plan my parents, my grandparents, my great-grandparents, my great-great-grandparents. I could not have asked you to plan my schools, my families, my circumstances, my situations, the good times, the bad times. I could not have asked you to build a tapestry of all the things that have happened to me that have made me who I am. I could not have asked you to be this good, even if given the opportunity. For that, we give him thanks. And that was what the night was like. And ladies and gentlemen, that is what it means to offer a sacrifice of thanks. I never knew. And it began to dawn on me that, wow, so God, you've done so much simply because your name says so. And I ran through them. Now, before I, before I run through a few of the names of God tonight, I want you to pick up on one more thing. One more thing, and it's this. Turn with me, please, to Isaiah 40, verse 31. Isaiah 40, verse 31. And it's a lovely verse of scripture. Isaiah 40, verse 31. Says the following. And I, I never understood. The Bible says, but they that wait, Wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I never, I, I preached this verse and it came alive during the pursuit of God. This is why I love the Bible. To wait upon the Lord. To wait means there is an expectation. Think of a waiter. A waiter who's serving you takes your order and then goes away. You have an expectation that what you've asked for is going to come back. That is how we wait on somebody. We find out what they want and we present it to them. 
the Lord says, offer unto me the sacrifice of praise, offer unto me, give thanks to me for my name. And that's what he wants us to bring back to him. Notice, ladies and gentlemen, when you do so, your strength is renewed. And as you begin to do so, especially if you're waiting for a promise, you're waiting for God to do something for you, or you're expecting God to do something for you. As you begin to give glory to his name, it creates an atmosphere for miracles. And this is one of the most beautiful things. I, I, it's one of the most beautiful things. Present to God what he asked for. And what's that? Praise him. Thank you because you are God. Thank you because you are the Lord God Ebenezer. Thank you, O oh Lord, because you have been my strength and my state. Thank you for bringing me thus far. You are the Lord God Ebenezer. Thank you for being the El Shaddai on my behalf, the almighty God, the strong and mighty God. Thank you for being who you are and what you are. And as you do so, the clouds will be dispelled, but the Bible says you will renew your strength. Three things will happen. You mount up with wings as eagles. You're lifted above the circumstances and you find yourself in the presence of the Almighty. The Bible says you shall run and not be weary. You will make progress irrespective of the circumstances. And the Bible says you will walk and not faint. You will be systematically obedient as you walk with the Lord and you will end up where he wants you to end up. And so what's the key? It's waiting on the Lord, which is what Abraham did in between the promise and the manifestation. There's a more graphic example, and that's the story I'll, I'll leave you with, ladies and gentlemen. Second Corinthians, Second Chronicles, not Corinthians, Second Chronicles 20. In Second Chronicles 20, Jehoshaphat is facing a enemy he cannot beat. And he asked the Lord for help. They call a fast, very similar to what you and I do. They pray, very similar to what you and I do. They lift up the name of the Lord, very similar to what you and I do. And the Lord responds and he gives them a word, very similar to what God has done for you and I. He's spoken into our lives and he's spoken many words over this pursuit of God. But in particular, remember, he said, the word over your life this year, launch out into the deep for a catch that will change your life. Launch out. The Lord speaks a word, but this is how it ends. And I'm going to read from verse 14. This is how we'll close it out tonight. The Bible says, then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, Levite of the sons of Asaph, came the spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. And he said, hearken ye, all Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou, King Jehoshaphat, 
Thus saith the Lord unto you, be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow go you down against them. Behold, they shall come up by the cliff of Ziz. You shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. That means God knows exactly what you're facing. Verse 17, you shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshipping the Lord. Verse 19. And the Levites and the, of the children of Kohathites and the children of Kohites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. And they rose early in the morning and they went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. As they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and so shall ye be established. Believe his prophets, and so shall ye prosper. When he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, that they should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army. And to say, now this is the key, praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. As they were going to battle, they just praised God. The Bible records, and I'll read to verse 25. And when they began to sing and to praise the Lord, to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. For the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir utterly to slay and destroy them. And when, he had made, and when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, everyone helped to destroy another. And when Judah came toward the watchtower in the wilderness, they looked unto the multitude, and behold, there were dead bodies fallen to the earth, and none escaped. The Bible says it took them, verse 25, and when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil of them, they found among them in abundance both riches with the dead bodies and precious jewels, which they stripped off for themselves more than they could carry away. And they were three days in the gathering of the spoil. It was so much. Ladies and gentlemen, as you lift your voice to praise the Lord, as you give thanks to his name, an atmosphere for the miraculous will be created because the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. And there will be a performance of what he has promised you. And so ladies and gentlemen, what I realized is in between the promise and the performance, we give glory to the name of the Lord. We just thank him for all that he is, all that he has done, all that he has spoken. And the Bible is actually quite clear. As you do so, what he has promised becomes a reality because he shows up. So ladies and gentlemen, as we end tonight, I want you to be encouraged. For the last 21 days, whether you were part of it for all of it or you were part of it 
um, for part, just bits and pieces or whether you are watching it now on YouTube, the Lord will show up on your behalf and he will make a difference in your circumstances as you give glory to his name. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I'd just like to say a prayer for you. And the prayer is, may God in his infinite wisdom and kindness bless you wherever you are. May you be above the seasons and above the circumstances in such a way that by the time this season is over, by the time we are done, God will be glorified in your life. God will be kind to you, ladies and gentlemen. It's, been, it's good to be back. I really wish you the very best. Have a wonderful evening. I'll see you next week. God bless you. Have a good night. Thank you, Pastor Badge. Thank you, Pastor Badge. God was kind. Have a wonderful night, ladies and gentlemen. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor Badge. Have a blessed night. Bye. Thank you, Pastor Bart. Good night. Thank you, God bless. Good night. Thank you, Pastor Bart. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor Bart.